I'm going to title this podcast, Why I Believe Alcoholism is Not a Disease. And I'll start out by saying that I've done many years of research and studies, readings, internet searches, and reading different types of books, and studying all the books, big books, and step books, and all the different books in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, Pass It On, It Came to Believe, and, and, uh, don't tell by stories of agnostics and atheists and different research and I've, I've connected the dots a lot of dots you have to connect the dots you have to see you know you, you connect the dots and then you follow the money and it leads you to the hidden agenda and uh, that's what I'd like to pass on to the listener today you know I know that uh, I'm going to get a lot of pushback from people in Alcoholics Anonymous but that's okay and you know, the, the steps, 12 steps protect, they take the body, mind, and soul, and they, they take that with the 12 steps. The 12 traditions, they'll take the society and control the society. And they don't like the society of talking about any outside issues, but this, this is really not an outside issue. This is all about Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I'm looking from the outside and inside because I've been in Alcoholics Anonymous for 36 years so I'm talking from experience and I believe it's my responsibility today to pass this on now getting back to the ism alcoholism that word in itself definition a distinctive practice system or philosophy an artistic movement which Alcoholics Anonymous is you know we'll start out with that but uh, Marty Mann, you know, the recovery community adopted adoption of the disease concept began with uh, Marty. She was one of the early uh, beginners, early female members in Alcoholics Anonymous. And she continued to stay sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. She had a deep connection uh, with uh, Bill W. and Dr. Bob. And uh, her efforts combined with a somewhat dubious scientist named E.M. Jernick began to promote national acceptance of the disease concept. And Jernick self-proclaimed scientific study that opened the doors for the medical community support. And Jernick studies was funded by the efforts of Marty Mann and R. Brinkley Smithers. You know, the disease concept, he wrote a book, uh, Jarnick wrote a book, he published a book called The Disease Concept of Alcoholism. You know, and they were, they were all writing books back then, and, uh, you know, their goal was to get funded by the medical community and the insurance industry so they could start, which they did, they started their, uh, that's, that's where the 28-day rehab program started. Smithers was also responsible for that, you know, he got the insurance coverage for his patients and the treatment, you know, alcohol, uh, alcohol recovery uh, became a multi-billion uh, dollar industry, an alcohol recovery industry. Uh, so, you got Marty Mann, you got the Smithers Foundation. And it, all this happened in, in like 1940s. Uh, you know, the, bit, the big book, 
Marty, Marty came in, I think, in 1936, and, uh, you know, Bill met Bob in 1935, Marty came in in 1936, and then she got involved with the, later on, she got involved with uh, E.J., E.M. Uh, Jeronick and the Smithers Foundation, and all that same time, that's when Bill was writing a book, and then back then, that was... Uh, well, Marty, you know, Marty started the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependency, the NCADD, NCADD, and she also started the NCEA, which was the National Committee for Education on Alcoholism. You know, they wanted to pump this into all the educational, uh, you know, all the colleges, educate all the nurses, so this disease concept would spread, you know, and uh, would grow. You know, once you label somebody as having the alcoholism disease, then they will conform to it, adopt the signs and uh, symptoms associated with the alcohol addiction, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. The signs of alcoholism are, are vague and not even measurable, you know. It relies on... Uh, information from the user, which is me. You know, it's a subjective. It's not objective. I, I personally, today, I know I'm not. I don't have a disease of alcoholism. I don't even buy the concept of alcoholism. Um, if you've connected dots, follow the money. You know, it'll it'll go to a lot of different people that you'd be surprised it goes to. You know, when uh, in the beginning, when Bill. Uh, they, they started this when the middle of the Great Depression, you know, in 1937. Bill and Bob, they didn't have no money. They were, they were broke, you know. And uh, Bill's brother-in-law, Dr. Uh, Leonard Strong, he went to his brother-in-law seeking some help, you know, financial help, because uh, he, he had this idea that uh, he wanted to start something big, bigger, you know. And um, Dr. Bill, uh, Dr. Bob, he wasn't too keen on a lot of stuff Bill was talking about, but he went along with it, you know. And uh, his brother-in-law introduced him to William Richardson, and William Richardson was involved with uh, J.D. Rockefeller Jr. and the and the Rockefeller charity. And then Rockefeller sent uh, one of his representatives, Frank Amos. And later, he, he became a long-term trustee with AA. He's a non-alcoholic, but he was at the top of the pyramid in the beginning. You know, I believe Rockefeller had his, his eyes on this thing. It said that, you know, Rockefeller kept his eyes out at this uh, Alcoholics Anonymous thing from 1937 to 1940. You know, he was watching what was going on. And uh, he, he knew that uh, man and all the scientists and researchers and developers were talking about this disease concept. You know, and um, Rockefeller helped form this alcoholic foundation, which was where money was, you know, going to come through. And later they call it the General Service Board. But, you know, I'm here, this is going to be just part one of kind of connecting the dots and why I why I know today that alcoholism is not a disease. It's, it's a label. Um, 
You know, calling alcoholism a disease is just another example of the increasing in medicalizing life's problems. You know, it, it benefits nobody except the pharmaceutical and the alcohol industries and the recovering industries, which I said was multi-billion dollar industries. Uh, labeling alcohol abuse, abusers as suffering from a disease strips them of all the responsibilities. You know, they see themselves as powerless, diseased. Uh, they can't control unless they give their will and their life over to the care of Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, spend an entire lifetime. You know, they say there's no cure. And the only cure, they said, is Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's a lifetime program. And the way that you get cured is give your will and your life over to the care of the 12 steps and recruit others to this program for life. And today, you know, that might have worked uh, 85 years ago, but today it doesn't. So I'm just going to stop there and kind of, uh, you know, add some things to it on part two. So I hope everyone uh, listens to part one and will continue on part two. And I hope everyone stays safe, healthy, and sober. And this is Bobby C., a friend in recovery and beyond.